Side Hustle Show 344, Virtual Consulting. This is how to set up your location-independent consulting business and land your first clients. What's up, what's up? Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show because you might be taking for granted the skills and expertise you already have. That's called the curse of knowledge. Once you learn something, it's hard to imagine not knowing it. But for the rest of the world, maybe they could use your help. That's what happened for Paul Miners, a productivity blogger and consultant from New Zealand. If that name sounds familiar, you might remember Paul from a fun productivity roundtable episode we did toward the end of 2016. That was episode 197, if you want to go back and check it out. But since then, Paul's built a really cool business, earning thousands of dollars a month, enough to quit his job, helping other companies and individuals with stuff he was excited about. Now, a lot of this conversation is going to center on specific software tools, which I think as a side hustle consulting tactic is fantastic. If you can hitch your cart to a rising tide of interest in a particular tool, become the go-to expert in that space, you can do really well. But if we take it one level higher, I think Paul's strategies are applicable on a much broader scale, not just software consulting. So listen in for the ideas you might be able to apply to your own areas of expertise or maybe uncover some areas of expertise you never really considered that special before. Notes and links for this one, plus the free PDF highlight reel download, are at sidehustlenation.com slash paulminers. It's miners, M-I-N-O-R-S. And of course, you can head over to paulminers.com to check out all his stuff, which I think is very well done. I'll be back with my top takeaways from the chat with Paul after the interview. Ready? Let's do it. In the early days, your podcast in particular has continued to be extremely useful to me, but back then it was a huge resource because I was obviously working on my business on the side. And the common sort of theme I kept hearing from people was like trying to find something, no matter what you, how you sell your service or your expertise, whether you're doing consulting or info products or affiliate marketing, the topic or the niche that you land on really should be a combination of something that you're passionate about, something that you're good at, and something that people are willing to pay for. It's kind of the intersection of those three things. I got started consulting, teaching people about how to use Asana, which for people that don't know is a project management tool. And it all sort of happened by mistake, really. I'd been working in marketing at a full-time job at an online store here in New Zealand. And the company I was working for, we, we had been trying to find a project management tool to use. And everything we tried, we weren't very successful with. I found Asana. And being just a productivity geek, I, I kind of showed it to my boss and kind of just took the lead. It wasn't really part of my job description, but I took the lead on figuring out how to use it. And long story short, I basically transitioned that company of about, about 30 or 40 full-timers onto using this project management tool. And it was so successful, the boss paid me a bonus. Okay, nice. Yeah, it was my first little clue. Like, this is obviously really valuable. People need help with this. It wasn't until like probably a year or two later when I was working on my business on the side, I was trying to sell info products at the time because that's the sexy part of online business. Everyone wants to make a digital product and sell it a million times. And I still think that's, that's a great way to make money. I mean, I do that now, but at the time I was like, you know what, I just want to quit my job. I just need to make like a few thousand dollars to be able to replace my salary and then I can do this full time. And so I just kind of was brainstorming, you know, what am I good at? What do I enjoy? What do I think people will pay for? And I thought back to getting paid that bonus. And so I went on to Clarity, which I think you're on as well, and just listed some skills that I had. People can kind of search for experts in there for these different tools and things they need help with, whether it's accounting or legal advice. And, and I just listed Asana as one of the skills. And people started booking calls with me to get help with Asana. And so before really kind of going deep on it, setting up a website for it or anything like that, I just kind of listed some skills on, on Clarity and it was a great way to validate my idea and it all just sort of really took off from there. Okay, so this is Clarity.fm. It's a cool 
by the minute consulting platform where you can call up an expert, I mean, do your keyword search, call up an expert on Asana, on Infusionsoft, on you know whatever you need help with, and you can book time with an expert directly. So you found just by putting in those keywords, hey, I'm, I can help you with Asana, people started finding you organically. Yeah. And what I did in the beginning to kind of help build some of that initial traction, and, and I guess you could do the same for all these different directory websites, whether you go on Upwork or Freelancer. One of the hard things about getting started is you have no history, you have no credibility, there's no reviews. And so what I did is I reached out to my network, you know, friends, family, but I had an email list as well. And I just said, hey, if anyone wants some help with productivity, Asana, anything, let's just get on a call. And Clarity has this feature where you can send somebody a link to book with you for free. They don't have to pay. So I did, I did a few of these free calls, not even that many, I think maybe five or so free calls. And it was a great way to kind of practice talking to people on the phone and trying to help people virtually and just kind of get comfortable. And I just said to people in response, like, hey, Nick, can you please leave me a review? And I got those initial reviews, which I really think helped when people did search like Asana Consultant and they find this guy and he's got some reviews. It's not just like a blank slate. So that was something that really helped kind of build some of that initial traction as well. Did any of the paid clarity people end up going beyond that 15, 30, 60 minute call and saying, okay, you know, we need, we need Paul's help, but we need it in a more serious capacity. Yeah, absolutely. A few people did. Clarity was sort of a nice way to kind of start a relationship with someone, find out what they need help with. And it's a great low cost way for them to be able to get on the phone with you for 15 minutes, see, you know, is this guy legit? Does he know what he's talking about? And it would very much snowball into, okay, can we get on another call to set up some of these projects in Asana or build out some templates? Or actually, can you do a training workshop with my team? And so I did that outside of Clarity. But yeah, Clarity was a a great way to kind of get discovered and for clients to kind of dip their toes in the waters of working with me. (laughs) Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I've had kind of the same experience where people either want to set up kind of a recurring thing or they'll run a screen sharing software kind of in parallel to the call. Like the call's got to be through Clarity so they can track how long both parties are online. But they'll be like, okay, let me share my screen with you over here through Zoom or through wherever. And then it kind of goes goes from there. So that's pretty cool. So around what timeline is this? This is kind of in that 2016, 2017 timeframe? Yeah, this was all happening around mid-2016. I think I did my first Clarity call in May 2016. And then after I'd done a few and I, it was, like I said, it was a great way to validate the idea. And I figured, yeah, people are really interested in getting help with Asana, which was, a, which was a big penny drop moment for me because I was thinking people can go online and learn this for free. Why would they pay me? But then I, I very quickly realized, well, actually these business owners, they don't have time. Time is their biggest, most important asset. They don't have time to read the articles, watch the videos like I've done. They just want to talk to somebody for somebody to listen and understand their business and for them to say, right, this is how you need to use this tool. And they're paying for convenience, even though, yeah, the information is free, it's online, they're they're paying for you to fast track that learning. That was the number one reason I kept hearing was, I just want you to tell me how to do it and save me time. I was just curious about the timing of it and the the client onboarding, kind of like this this ramp up period, like from, okay, I'm going to do some free calls. Okay, that has led now to people seeing my profile and booking paid calls, which has snowballed into these larger contracts. Yeah. So I did the clarity thing and, and that was a great way to, yeah, like I said, test the idea. It confirmed some assumptions. Then I sort of set up a dedicated landing page on my website. This was sort of towards the later end of Q3 of 2016, about when we were doing the roundtable. And I set up a page where it was like, pull mine as Asana Consulting. And this was before Asana themselves had like a partner program. So I was able to rank organically really well for keywords like Asana Consulting. I was one of the only people doing it. So I ranked really well organically. I set up some AdWords as well to drive some traffic to that page. 
And so this all sort of happened, yeah, towards the end of 2016. And very quickly, within a few months, this is, this is the great thing I think about consulting, is within a few months, I was very, able, very quickly able to get to that point where I earned my target monthly income number. That number, which is if I can earn this for a few months, I'll quit my job. And I did that very quickly through the consulting. And so by the end of 2016, yeah, I was like, right, it's time to quit. I can do this full time now. That's awesome. Congratulations on taking that leap. Do you mind sharing what that number was? The number was, I think, three and a half thousand US dollars. I'm obviously in New Zealand. So that was kind of a, basically, I was like, I was earning about, I think, 60,000 New Zealand dollars. So I just did a rough currency calculation to work out, okay, what's the monthly US dollar number? Because that's how I'm charging. And if I can just replace my salary, if I can do that consistently for a few months, that was my minimum, yeah, standard. Like, I'll just give it a go once I, once I reach that number. Was that based on your cost of living or was that based on your clients were in the States or like, where did that come from? The number that I arrived at was, it was literally just converting my salary into a monthly number in US dollars. There wasn't much more to that. Like my salary was, it was just, that was paying our expenses at the time, paying for groceries and the mortgage and things we need to survive. And so my, my rationale was like, if I can earn the same working for myself and I have the freedom to work when I want, and I'm, I'm just working for myself. Like I said, that was the goal. I just want to work for myself. If I can earn the same, then that's great. That, that's my number one goal. And if I can do that part-time, well, when I go full-time, I should be able to earn even more than that, which, yeah, is how it ended up. Do you remember how many hours you were spending on the business on the side at that time, around the time where you quit the job? Yeah, on the side, I must have been doing around, I'd say around 15, anywhere between 15 to 20 hours a week before and after work, usually some early mornings and some some later nights yeah sure with time zone <laughs> differences all you're dealing with clients all around the world yeah so what happens next you take the leap you you quit your job and say hey now i've got an extra 40 50 hours a week to work on this stuff well actually the first thing we did is my wife and i Haley, we'd, we'd planned to go traveling that was going to happen anyway it actually worked out really well because we went traveling or we started six months of travel at the beginning of january 2017 so i literally quit my job in the december and so a few weeks later we were going on this six-month trip and it ended up coinciding really nicely because transitioning to working for myself full-time during the trip was was really nice. I, I basically kept doing the same hours while we were traveling. I was still doing about 20, maybe a bit more, sometimes 25 hours a week. But funnily enough, we, so we were traveling through Southeast Asia. We had two months in Bali. We were in Cambodia, Vietnam, where the cost of living is a lot less, despite some flights. But the cost of living is, is, is generally a lot lower than what we were paying at home in New Zealand. And so it was a really nice way to transition because you're sort of lowering your living expense. And so theoretically, that threshold number that I needed to meet was even lower technically while I was overseas. But yeah, we spent about five, six months traveling. So we then got home in June. And all that time, my, my goal was the same. I just, I constantly had this target monthly income number of about three, three and a half thousand for about the first six months. It stayed about around that number. And I was just like, I just want to keep earning this, make sure it's consistent, make sure it's not a one hit wonder. But we got home in June of that year and I started working. That was really when I could start going full-time because we didn't have the distraction of travel. You know, when we were traveling, we wanted to enjoy ourselves and spend some time seeing some stuff. Yeah, you're like, I didn't, I didn't take this flight to this exotic place to just camp out behind my laptop. <laughs> no, exactly. So when I got home in June, that was when I really went full-time. And so now I was doing 40 hours a week on this. And definitely, I noticed the impact of that straight away. Within a couple of months, I was probably doubled my income just by spending a bit more time on it. Because I, you know, I was more available, like running a virtual business. People book me through Calendly. They book my time. And so because I basically had a larger window of hours where I could work, I was getting booked up more and the availability was being filled and my income went up. So yeah, I really noticed the impact when I went, got home and, and started working full time. 
Hey, entrepreneurs, we know that anyone with a side hustle loves finding new ways to save. So if your business takes you on the road, sign up for a free membership with Hertz Business Rewards. Work trips, client meetings, industry conferences, with Hertz Business Rewards, you'll save at least 20% every time you rent a car. And you'll save on more than just the daily rate. Members earn credits redeemable towards free rental days. It's also free to add an additional driver if any additional coworkers come along. And for those Gen Z entrepreneurs out there, no young renter fees. Plus, sign up for Hertz Business Rewards today and earn three times credits during your first 90 days. So whether you're traveling for a side hustle or a main hustle, join for free at Hertz.com slash business rewards. Applies to base rate, taxes, fees, and options excluded. Additional terms and exclusions apply. Visit Hertz.com slash business rewards to learn more. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over three and a half million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How are people discovering you at that point? Is it just through Google, through AdWords, through Clarity still? Or like, how are people discovering that they could hire you for this Asana service? Yeah, it was primarily through Google, I would say, in the early days, organically and paid. I was doing some AdWords. And with my AdWords, it was very targeted. So with Asana, for example, I would bid on keywords like Asana consultant, Asana expert. And so I was very specific. I want to target people that are looking for an expert. So even if they were typing Asana training... To me, that keyword is too broad. To me, Asana training might mean, I don't know, are they looking for a video? They might be looking for some other resource or an online course. So I really want to target people that are looking for an expert. So I I used, if you're familiar with AdWords, I used exact match. So I don't want to match broadly on keywords. I was using exact match, match with people who are typing Asana expert or consultant or I think there were a couple of others I can't remember, but people who I knew they were looking for people to work with. And that was a great way of making sure I could keep my AdWords cost down. I think even today, I still only spend maybe a few hundred dollars a month. It's pretty minimal marketing spend. And it generates really good qualified leads who you know they want to work with an expert. That was sort of my main way of getting leads for that first year or so. And then I started doing more and more YouTube videos, which really took off. And now that's probably the biggest way that I get leads is through the free videos that I put out on YouTube and kind of promoting my services that way. Okay, I want to dive into the YouTube stuff in a minute. But going back to this AdWords thing, I think this is really smart. This is how I was advertising my first business. Like, you know, you don't have to wait for SEO to take effect. Like you can get to the top of the rankings right away if you're willing to pay for it. The part that you didn't touch on that I think is really important is you had what I view, and I don't know if it looked this way when you first started, is you have an excellent landing page to send people to. We'll link this up in the show notes. 
the Paul's consulting page on paulminers.com is really, really well done, in my opinion. It's got all this social proof, like, here's how I can help you. Here's who I've helped in the past. Here's why this is going to help you. Like, and click here to book your introductory call. And that goes to the Calendly link, right? Yeah. So, and thank you for the compliment. Yeah, the page is, it's sort of improved over time. It definitely probably wasn't that nice in the beginning, but yeah, I wanted to keep it really straightforward, just explaining the benefits of using Asana. This is why it's a, a great tool to use. Make sure there's some credibility on there. So some testimonials and explain why I'm the person you want to work with. And the only call to action, I didn't want to make it too confusing by putting up pricing or anything like that. So my only call to action really is book an introductory call. And it's a 30-minute call where most freelancers or consultants will probably have a similar process where, you know, we get on a call, I learn who you are, you can learn who I am, we can talk about what you need, and I can talk you through some different options. And then from there, you know, send a proposal or, or work out the next steps. And so I just wanted to make it a really simple, easy to follow experience. So there's that just the one call to action, the one thing that you can do on that page, which is book that introductory call. Because as well, I didn't want to mess around with application forms or contact forms. I thought I can be way more effective at selling myself if I can talk to them on the phone. It would be nice if they could just send me an email and I can reply and get paid money. But really to sell a consulting project for a few thousand dollars, like they're going to need to talk to me. And I feel like once they meet me and they hear my voice and hear I'm a real person, I'm going to be way more effective at being able to sell to this person. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's a it's a really well done page. And at this point, at least there is kind of a ballpark price range to weed out the people who just aren't going to be a good fit. It's just, just for a heads up, this is what you can expect. So I think that's kind of a, a smart way to at least save some of your own time and getting on calls with people who realistically aren't going to ever hire you. To touch on that, I didn't have that in the beginning. I, I didn't, like I said, I didn't have any mention of pricing. Now I have a few options. So I've kind of honed my packages a little bit. So I have like a link where they can book an Asana audit and training package, which ranges from about 450 to about 1000, depending on what you do. And that's sort of at the lower end. And it's nice because sometimes people will see that and they will book and pay for their audit straight away without even talking to me. And that's great because it just fast tracks the process, which is nice. But then there is a mention of this price range, you know, for clients where I'm working with them for a few months, setting up projects, providing rounds of team training. It's just a longer engagement. I put this ballpark figure like it's, I can't remember what it is. So you'll probably be able to tell me looking at the page. It's, I don't know, between three and 6,000 or something like that. Just to make sure, like, if this isn't going to be feasible for you, then obviously don't don't book the call. So it tries to kind of set that expectation going in, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Like, Asana is is free software, at least for small teams. And then it's like, well, we're going to pay this consultant six grand to, to set it up for us. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember what website builder or web page builder you used for that page? Yeah, this is using Optimize Press. Okay. We will link that up as well. Now let's go into the, the YouTube stuff. So this is a, a unique kind of content first angle. So Clarity and Google very much like, okay, people are searching for this stuff. Yeah, I've got some credibility. I've helped people in the past and I learned how to do this on my own first and now I'm helping other people. The YouTube stuff is where you're really taking a deep dive and putting this content out first kind of speculatively in that, okay, maybe my prospect or my target customers are going to find it. Yeah, that's right. So I didn't really have much of a hypothesis around it at the beginning other than I just thought, well, I can create some videos and share some of what, how I'm using Asana and some behind the scenes and give people some tips just to kind of build that credibility was the main goal. Not, e- not even really as a main source of leads. I didn't, that wasn't even a goal in the beginning. In hindsight, it's worked out very well. But I just thought, let me create some videos to create some credibility. So I think there's even one of the early videos is like a, a case study with a, a, a client of mine. I interviewed him 
And we talked about how Asana has benefited his company. I just thought if I can create this video, put it up on YouTube, and then I can have it on my consulting page or send people a link to it. It's just a really nice way of being able to build credibility. So before people book that call, they can see it. They know that I'm the real deal. Because obviously when you're hiring a consultant online, sometimes there is that feeling of, how do I know this guy's not some con artist sitting in, in his hobbit hole in New Zealand? <laughs> it's just going to take my money. So the videos are a nice way of knowing like, okay, he, he's legit. He knows what he's talking about. So I'd say in 2017 was when I really started focusing on doing more and more videos. And I just thought, let me just share my expertise. And it's ironic because I feel like sometimes with online businesses, whether it's info products or consulting, there's that concern around giving away too much free information because, hey, I should be charging for this. But in my experience, like the more you give away for free, the more people want to work with you. And so people will find me now through YouTube. I've got loads of videos. I'm happy to basically give away the farm. But people will still come to me and go, okay, that looks great. You know what you're doing. I want you to teach me that for my business. <laughs> so even though they could sit there and kind of figure it out on their own, they all, people tell me this all the time. I could sit and watch your videos and figure it out on my own, but I just want to get on a call with you and us to do it together. Even though the, the advice is often the same as what I've already shared in a video, people want me to kind of hold their hand while they're going through that process. So yeah, definitely in my experience, it's giving away lots of free value really helps to build that credibility. And now it's a great source of leads. So in every video, I basically start by saying, hi, this is Paul. Today, I'm going to talk about this. And if you need help with Asana, you can use the link in the description to book an introductory call with me. And I just mentioned at the start of the video and at the end that I'm a consultant and you can get help. And so yeah, it's worked out to be a very effective way of generating leads. Okay, that's that's awesome. And now there's, I mean, there's dozens and dozens of these videos. And one of the interesting things is you've expanded, not just hitching your cart to the Asana bandwagon, which was in hindsight, obviously a great platform to go after. But now you're saying, okay, I can help you with Pipedrive. I can help you with these other services as well. Kind of these popular software products and saying, look, I can be your go-to consultant for, for this stuff. When did, when did you start branching out? Yeah, this was happening around early 2017 as well probably while I was away traveling. Yeah, as you know, maybe even I have to go back into my pipe drive sales and look at when I did my first pipe drive client, but probably end of 2016 or early 2017. And because I kind of validated the model with Asana, I just thought, okay, people are willing to pay to get help with these software tools. What else am I good at? And I just thought, what are the tools I use on a daily basis? MailChimp was one because I was doing my blog and podcast and, and building my audience. And I thought, well, I, I know a lot about MailChimp. Pipedrive was another one. I was using that at the job I was working at at the time. This is the job that I eventually quit. I was working as a mortgage advisor and Pipedrive was the CRM that we were using to track our leads. And I've always just been someone who's good at looking at a tool, figuring out the best way to use it, and then teaching that to other people. And so basically, because Asana had proven to be so effective, I did the same. I set up landing pages for MailChimp and Pipedrive as well. Zapier as well came on after that because a lot of people need help with Zapier when they're connecting these different things together. So really, again, it's just that intersection of these are tools that I know how to use, that I'm kind of passionate about. I love figuring out how to, how to use them and people are willing to pay. And so arguably the smarter thing to do maybe would have been to specialize in a vertical. Maybe I could have done all CRMs because now somebody will come to me. They need a CRM. Maybe Pipedrive is not the right fit, in which case I can't really help them. I can't help you with Zoho or HubSpot. So maybe a better way to go would have been to specialize in, in all CRMs. But I was like, you know what, I'm going to actually just pick the tools that I personally use every day because they're the ones that I have the most experience with. I'm going to be keeping up to date with the updates to the products that are made. And now I've, <laughs> I've definitely got plenty of work to keep me busy. Yeah, that's an interesting angle. And it, and it saves you from having to learn all these new systems that you don't really need. If you're already saying, well, I'm using this other stuff in my business already or I have experience in that. So why don't I just 
stick my flag in the sand and say, yeah, I can help you with that stuff as well. The CRM, interestingly enough, that was Wes Schaefer from the Sales Whisperer or the Sales Podcast. And what he would do is consult these sales teams on like, hey, what CRM should you use? And, you know, he would get his consulting fee and then he would set it up through my reseller program or through my affiliate program. Like, okay, now I can get recurring commissions from these different software tools that I'm recommending. Hey, based on my years of experience in the industry, like, and what you're telling me about your business, I think this is the best fit for you. And if you join through my affiliate link, blah, blah, blah. And so he had built up that kind of side income stream to be pretty substantial when we spoke. So that's kind of an interesting way in this unique virtual kind of software consulting arena. Oftentimes there's an affiliate component too, where you can, if you can add that to the revenue pie, you know, you played around with that at all? Yeah, definitely. This is a really, this is a really exciting part of the equation as well. So when I got started, this wasn't really a factor. Pipedrive and Asana, which are the two that I really specialize in, they didn't even have a partner program when I was getting started. Since I've started, they've launched partner programs, which is basically where they recognize, hey, we have these experts you can get help with. So that's the first thing is they just recognize your, you, ha- you get like a badge you can put on your website and they recognize you as an expert. They have now as well, each of them come out with affiliate programs. So with Pipedrive, for example, you earn 20% per user per month. So if I sign up an account that has 30 users, you're earning 30 times whatever their monthly fee there is they're paying. It could be $25 uh, per month recurring. And that's for the life of the client. And it's a, it's a great model for, the, for Pipedrive because it means that I now, as the expert, have an incentive, like maybe a client works with me on a one-off project to set it up and train their team, but I have an incentive to keep in touch with that client. Because I'm earning that recurring commission every month, if they churn off and, and cancel their subscription, I'm not going to get that. So I have an incentive to keep in touch to make sure they're still using it. And they get essentially free support from me. So it's a great model. And that's, that's been a really nice side benefit of doing the videos, is in the videos I say, if you haven't signed up to Pipedrive, use my referral link, you can get an extended trial. And it's become a really nice side, very, very passive income that's now just growing every single month. Asana's the same. Their model, they're a bit newer with their affiliate model and they have slightly different terms and and it works slightly differently, but it's, yeah, really nice little side benefit. Now you've got me thinking about all the different software tools that I use. I'm like, what could I do this for? This sounds awesome. Is the partner program, you kind of go through a little test or certification through the tool and then they say, okay, now you have the right to call yourself an Asana certified consultant or like, how does that work? Yeah. Yeah. Usually they will have, I mean, each program is different, but usually they'll have some kind of certification program. I did the Zapier one. Theirs was intense. They had a pretty intense test and you got to sink a few hours into that. (laughs) (laughs) So so most of them will have a a certification program just to prove that you know what you're doing before they recognize you as an expert. They want to make sure you know what you're doing. And assuming you pass, yeah, they'll say, right, yeah, we recognize you as an integration partner. Like Pipedrive, for example, they have different levels. You can just be an affiliate, which means you can earn a commission for referring, basically being a salesperson, referring leads to them. But I'm what's called a a partner or an integration partner. So I actually help their customers to set up and, and use the tool. I'm on a slightly different model. I own the recurring commission, whereas the affiliate is, I think you just earn a percentage for a year. But yeah, obviously to get that certification, you have to pass their test and they give you the badge that you can put on your website. And it's just that nice little stamp of approval that that you can show off. Yeah, it's like you're official. I remember with Google AdWords back in the day. Oh, you're a Google AdWords certified professional. Or so it's like, oh man, you know, you you must be you must be legit. So there's another way to build the credibility. Yeah, exactly. You put it on your landing page. I put it in even my YouTube thumbnails was something I did. Only recently I had to go back and I updated all my videos. I was like, right now that I've got the badge, I, I updated the thumbnail on every single video to put my badge in so people 
know when they're clicking through those, you know, if they search Asana, they're going to pick the one that says certified pro on it. Oh, okay. So you can update the thumbnail, not necessarily the underlying video. Correct. Yeah. Because you can go back and you can edit the, the metadata and the thumbnails whenever you want. That's one of the slightly tricky things with YouTube is you can't update old videos. So some of the videos, you know, I've, were out years ago. The Asana interface has changed since then. I'd love to be able to redo the video with a new, with the new interface, but you have to upload it as a brand new video, which kind of has its challenges. But yeah, I, I just basically, once I got the badge, the Asana Certified Pro, I, I went on, I used Canva, which a lot of people use to make their social and video thumbnails and things. And I just, yeah, basically did the titles and put my badge on all of them just so that when you search in search results, it just pops out that I'm the expert. Yeah. Okay. Did you know that roughly half of Side Hustle Nation hasn't started their side hustle yet? If that's you, I get it. Starting and building a business is tough. It takes more than just an idea. There are tons of moving parts, and it's a bit like trying to assemble your airplane in the middle of takeoff. Thankfully, our sponsor, Taylor Brands, is helping Side Hustle Show listeners make that leap and make it all a lot easier. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, making sure you have everything you need all in one place. Think of it like your behind-the-scenes partner for things like LLC formation, licenses and permits, getting an EIN, setting up your business bank account, bookkeeping and invoicing, insurance, logos, trademark protection, and a lot more. Taylor Brands helps you handle it all seamlessly. And to get you started, Side Hustle Show listeners get 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans when you use our link. That's taylorbrands.com slash side hustle. Taylor Brands, like a tailor for your clothes. T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash side hustle. Start your business journey today with the help of Taylor Brands. If you travel a lot for work or for vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. Well, this is exciting stuff because, you know, maybe you have a software that you use for your day job, for your work, and say, well, shoot, you know, maybe I could turn around and be the online expert, the the virtual consulting expert for the same thing on the side. Maybe it's something, some up and coming software tool that you're using for your side business already. And here's another way to add some even more side income. So for Paul, you've got the Google stuff, the Clarity stuff, the YouTube stuff, the affiliate stuff on top of the YouTube stuff. Is anything else driving kind of initial client conversations for you today? Referrals, but it's referrals aren't that significant. But yeah, I mean, when a client's really happy with me and they, they come across another business owner that needs help, they'll, they'll often refer me, which is really nice. And that's, that's obviously a really warm lead that you're getting. But Google and YouTube would be the biggest ones. What else? It's, it's funny, like with doing my blog and my podcast, I sort of have two halves to my business. There's the blog and the podcast and the whole content side of my business where I'm talking about productivity and self-improvement and a bit of business as well. But that's really with the goal of I have sponsorship revenue on my on my podcast. 
But that it's really with the goal of promoting or building an audience, you know, building my newsletter list. And then I have some info products that I sell, like I have a productivity toolkit. I have a consulting program that teaches people how I've basically built my consulting business. So that whole side of the business is really aimed at building my audience, selling those products. The consulting is quite separate. But there is that overlap now because sometimes people will come onto my list. They see that they discover me online somehow through a podcast, through Google Organic. They sign up to my newsletter. And because I'm very open and transparent with what I do and my process and how I work, they then go, oh, this guy's an expert in Pipedrive or Asana. And so I get some, some people on my email list just contacting me to get support with these tools as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One bit of advice we were given in the past was to like hang out in the product support forums or the subreddit for a specific product and like answer user questions there to try and establish expertise. Have you ever done any of that or is that like not worth your time? Yeah, no, thank you for reminding me. That that was something I do. I do it less frequently now because quite honestly, right now I'm just in a place where I have so many inbound leads. I, I, I don't really have to ever do any cold outreach or chase work. Which is which is a nice position to be in, but because I'm pretty much booked up like two weeks in advance with introductory calls and the clients that I'm currently working with as well, I don't have to go looking for the work as much. But yeah, I do when I can get into the Asana forum. They have a, a support community. I spent a lot of time in there in the early days. Yeah, just just being helpful and just answering people's questions. And I just had a little kind of tagline at the end. You know, if you need help with Asana, you can book an introductory call here. It was the same thing. And and Twitter was actually the other one. So I use TweetDeck. And on TweetDeck, you can set up these columns to be different search results. And I would just, I had one for mentions of Asana. So when somebody would tweet about Asana, maybe they were tweeting at Asana to get help. I would often get in there first and answer their question and just try and be generally helpful and answer people's questions. So that was another one that I, again, I don't do it as much now, but definitely in the early days, answering people's questions on Twitter and the forums as well, definitely. Sorry, say that again. What was the tool you were using to monitor the Twitter mentions? TweetDeck. Okay. It's just a web application. You sign in with your Twitter account and you can set up these columns for the different things that you want to see. So you could have a column for just your timeline, like all the people you're following, all the tweets you normally would see. And you can have a column for your notifications, you know, see who's liking your tweets and replying. But you can set up custom searches. So you can say, I want to see mentions of this keyword or mentions of this account. And so I would have them set up for Asana and Pipedrive. And so anytime somebody mentions Pipedrive or Asana, I would see that tweet come up. And then I can just jump in and answer and re- reply to that, that tweet really quickly. Okay, that's, that's really cool. So tons of different ways to kind of get in front of the target customers and all with being helpful first and then the call to action of like, hey, if this is a fit, if you need extra help, let's book a call. Can you tell me how those calls typically go and what the close is like, what the pitch is like for now I would like you to pay me? Yeah, sure. It's, it's definitely something that I still today trying to improve and always trying to get better with. So typically on the first call, I'll start by just asking them a bit about themselves, like, where are you? How did you find me? Or I always ask how they find me. And that's something I can put into Pipedrive as well. So I can track over time, like, how am I getting leads? And then I'll just say, you know, Nick, hey, give me your brain dump. Tell me about your business. Where are you at with Asana right now? Like, what do you need help with? Just just give me your brain dump. Because people have probably got a bit of a spiel of some thoughts in their head of just this is what everything I want to get off my chest. So I let them kind of ramble for a bit and talk about how they're using Asana, what they need help with. I'll then try and ask some kind of specific questions. And this is called having a why conversation. I learned this from a really smart guy, Jonathan Stark. He's talked a lot about hourly billing versus value pricing and stuff. And he talks about this idea of having a why conversation. You ask the person, why do you want help with Asana? Why do you even need help? Like, why is this a priority right now? And they'll say something like, oh, well, you know, we've been having trouble with communication and we really need to streamline that. We don't really have a place where we can see all of our work. 
So you're just trying to understand their motivation a bit more. And then you can ask questions like, well, why do you want to work with me? I mean, you could go and learn this all for free online. Why do you want to work with me? And they'll say, well, you know, I want to save some time and, and I've seen your videos and you know what you're doing. So I want you to just train my team. And so you kind of probe like this a little bit more to really try and unpack the motivation around why me, why now, why Asana, why is this a priority? And in a sense, it sounds a bit scary because it sounds like you're trying to talk them out of working with you, which you sort of are because you're like, well, if, if it's not a good fit, then there's no point in talking. But usually what you're actually getting them to do is you're actually getting them to justify to themselves why they need to work with you. So it's like, why do you want to work with me? And they're telling you, well, I want to work with you for this reason. Why do you need to help with Asana? Well, it's because I want to save time. So you're actually, you're getting them to sell me to themselves <laughs> in, a, in a way. And so it's, it's a really nice approach. And so through these conversations, I'm basically trying to firstly work out what type of customer is this and, and kind of what, what end of the spectrum, the pricing spectrum are they on? Do they have a big team? Do they need lots of training? Is this going to be like a, a gig that's going to last a few months? Or is this someone that needs like a few hours of support that is on the lower end? And so then from there, I'll, I'll talk them through some options and I'll say, you know, I have my audit and training packages and people may have already seen that as well. Or I'll say, you know, it sounds like based on what you're trying to do and you've got a big team here and we need to create a lot of different templates and things in Asana, you probably need my fixed price kind of proposal option. So I'll kind of talk them through what each of those involves. If it's the audit, if I can, I'll try and get them to book the audit on the call and, and actually get a date on the calendar if I can, really get that commitment on the call. It doesn't always happen, but it's great if you can. With the proposal option, I'll go away, I'll prepare a proposal, let's get on a call next week, and I'll, I'll schedule the call while I have them on the phone, and I'll say, let's get on another call next week for half an hour, and I'll present this proposal to you. I've only started doing this in the last six months, and it's worked really well, because what I was doing is just sending the proposal via email and hoping they respond, which, you know, has worked for me for the last, like, one and a half years, but since now adopting this presentation call approach, I found it to be really effective. So I'll get on a call and I'll talk them through the proposal, this is what you get with each option, and so rather than them just kind of receiving it in their inbox and having to kind of make sense of it on their own, if they have questions, I'm there, I can answer their questions, which inevitably they will have. And so it's just a really nice way for me to be able to present the option. Then, and then hopefully by the end of that second call, they can then go, well, option, I have a few options in my proposal. They can say, well, option two sounds really good. That's probably the one we're going to go with. And again, ideally, we book a time where we're actually going to start and I'll send through payment instructions and things like that. But at the very least, the second call is a, just a really nice opportunity to talk them through that proposal, deal with any questions or concerns they might have rather than just doing it all via email, where often people will just receive the proposal and then you might not hear from them again. So it's just nice to do that on a second call in person. Yeah. And we should probably know these are, I imagine, several thousand dollar packages because you're, you're putting a lot of effort in upfront to make this sale. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's the thing as well is I kind of realized over the years, I didn't start charging five, six thousand. It was more like, I think I started around fifteen hundred or two thousand. It's a lot cheaper. And it was easier to get to close a sale at that price, just sending them a proposal via email. As I've added more value into my proposals, come up with more comprehensive packages, increase the scope of my support, and generally just try and increase my prices to get the higher price points. You can't just have a 30 minute conversation and send a proposal and, and then get paid $6,000. Like having that second call is, yeah, is, is kind of, I think, required to, again, build that credibility, build that trust, deal with any concerns they have in order to kind of get those higher prices. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of parallels between this business and the business we heard of Dr. Shirag Shamasian a few weeks ago. He was a medical school admissions consultant and started out, people discovered him through these long form Google articles, much like they're discovering you through YouTube. But there's always like this level of personalization, this level of customization. Yeah, I can follow your advice. And I could probably do this myself. But like, 
I want some handholding. I want to figure out, you know, the exact custom templates for me. And for that, you know, it's this really high ticket consultant, especially in, in med school, like a very high stakes type of offer. And similar for these companies, if they can figure out how to make their employees 15% more efficient for the next year, like that's worth a huge amount to them too. Have you ever run into any pushback on, well, yeah, you're in New Zealand, we're in San Francisco. Do you fly here? Do you deliver this all over Skype? Like how did, you know, do you ever run into pushback over like delivering this work remotely? Very rarely, very rarely. Occasionally, and I'll say this is, this is probably, I don't know, one in 50 maybe or one in 100. I, I can't even remember when I had the last one. But people will sometimes say, oh, look, we're looking for someone local. We want someone to come into our office and, and meet us in person and, and guide us through it in person. So that's very rare. Usually uh, when I ask them the very first question, hey, where are you? And I'm, oh, I'm in, uh, they'll say, you know, I'm in San Francisco. And I'll be like, oh, great, I'm in New Zealand. We're actually really close in time zones. We're like a whole day ahead. We're actually really close. <laughs> Especially in our summer, the, the time difference gets really, really short. So it's, it's, it's usually not a concern. I think in this day and age, most people now are pretty accustomed to the idea of working with virtual staff. Like a lot of the businesses I work with have a virtual or a component of their workforce is virtual. And so they're used to it. Everyone's now pretty used to using Zoom or Skype or whatever to do calls. And so, yeah, it's generally not a concern. It, it does get tricky when people from Europe and the UK approach me because we're looking at a 12-hour time difference and that can be tricky. But for New Zealand, New Zealand, Australia and the States and Canada, it's not too bad. Okay, nice. One thing I've noticed on your site is there's the, the consulting side. There's also the product side and not the Paul Miner's productivity guy type of products. And like now I'll teach you how to start your own virtual consulting business type of products, but like related to the software that you're consulting on, like how to automate pipe drive, 500 bucks, click here to buy it. Is that become a significant piece of the pie for you? Like are people buying that stuff? Yeah, yeah, that's something I released earlier this year. So it's, it's actually been live for only a couple of months. And yeah, like I've sold it a few times now. Some, again, some people find it organically and just pay for it with me never having a conversation, which is great. What I've really used those, tool, those products for is more as upsells and additional value. So with the audit and training, I think I said before, yeah, they, they range from about 450 to 1000 And I tell people, if you book one of my audit packages, you'll get my How to Automate Pipedrive videos at a discount at 20% off. Or with the, I have an Asana video. It's like a 90-minute getting started with Asana video. I actually give that away for free. So if you book one of my audits, you'll get this video for free. It's normally 150 bucks, But if you buy it as part of my audit, you get it for free. So I, I, I use it as either like a freebie, like additional value you will get by working with me, or I provide it at a discount, something like that. And it's just a nice little add-on that I can use to provide the customer with additional value. It's like really good content. In fact, the, the automating pipe drive videos, that's all the stuff that I do, which I charge thousands of dollars for, but you can just learn how to do it in the videos. And rather than me give you a fish, you can kind of teach yourself to fish. And so it's a really nice way for me to deliver additional value, but it's no extra cost to me because it doesn't require any additional hours for me to give them the videos. I can command, again, a bit of a higher price point, they get some value, but because it's it's digital, it's a, it's a product, it's a very passive way to be able to increase my rates and, and deliver that extra value. If somebody just comes to the site and buys it, what's the software or sales system you're using to sell and deliver that? Yeah, I use an e-commerce tool called Easy Digital Downloads. They're great. Their support's fantastic. I use it to sell all my products, my toolkit and everything. And yeah, it's just a really nice plugin that works really well. So you can add, you know, I, I create the sales page using Optimize Press, which is the the page builder that I use to do most of my sales pages and landing pages. And then you can just add a payment link. So it's just a special link with some query parameters that says, right, you know, this is the product we're adding to the cart, the pricing option they've chosen. 
and they go to the cart and you can you can set up you know paypal and stripe and bitcoin payments and whatever you want yeah it's really really good plugin and actually the good thing about edd is compared to some other ones they actually don't charge i think the core easy digital downloads plugin is completely free okay cool yeah thanks for sharing that always curious you know what what tools in tech are really driving this stuff behind the scenes what's next for you this year what's got you excited that's a really great question. I, I, I wrestle with that a lot. I don't know what's next. It's <laughs> my short answer. It's sort of, I've been really inspired by Paul Jarvis's work around, the, he wrote his book earlier this year, The Company of One, and really just challenging this idea of growth. Are you familiar with, with Paul Jarvis? Yeah, Paul was on the show a couple months ago. Oh, sorry, I had no idea. Okay, great. Yeah, so like, he, he's someone that really resonates with me. This idea of like, you don't have to grow, like you don't have to hire a team because right now I'm really enjoying just kind of being on my own. I have my wife helps me with a few things. I have a virtual assistant who helps me with some stuff as well, but I'm I'm not particularly motivated to like grow an agency. Well, and you've got a new baby to take care of. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that too. <laughs> so I'm not particularly motivated to like grow a big agency. Um, I earn like a really good income now that supports us really well. Yeah, right now I'm pretty, pretty happy with the, with the status quo. Fair enough, man. If it's, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I like Paul Jarvis's, he had, he had some awesome sound bites during that interview, just like, you know, questioning growth for the sake of growth. And most goals are fake. Do I need a million dollars? No, I don't need a million dollars. <laughs> just kind of a, it was a thought provoking uh, conversation for me, for me at least, and hopefully for, for listeners too. But in any case, this Paul, paulminers.com, check him out. Excellent content on the productivity side. That's how we first connected. If you're interested in this virtual consulting business, which, you know, I've got my gears turning a little bit because I think there's a lot of cool stuff that you can do with it that you have been doing with it. I encourage you to download the free virtual consulting blueprint at paulminers.com slash blueprint. You'll find uh, benefits of this business model, some uh, mistakes to avoid, hopefully shortcut your learning curve a little bit. Again, paulminers.com slash blueprint. Paul, let's wrap this thing up with your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation. Yeah. So I would say the biggest thing for me, I don't want to sound too cliche or like a broken record, but it's just to keep going or keep, keep going, keep trying. Like I know in the early days for me, I spent years while I was still working, listening to all the podcasts, consuming all the content about how to build an online business. I would try so many things like doing webinars and online and digital products and things and affiliate marketing and just trying to find that way of hitting that number, that three and a half thousand dollars a month, just so I could quit my job. And I know it's, it's, it's really hard. In the, in the beginning, you, you don't have a lot of knowledge or experience. It's hard to know what works. And so my biggest advice is please don't give up. I can guarantee if you work at it long enough, if you keep learning, listen to podcasts like this and, and, and trying to upskill yourself as much as you can and, and just keep trying new things, throw, throw the spaghetti at the wall, see what sticks, you will eventually find the success that you're looking for. So that's my biggest advice because it, it can take Some people find success really quickly. For me, it was a bit longer and you definitely have to stick with it because I see a lot of people now who will have an idea, try and start a business, but really they only give it a go for like a few weeks or a few months. And then they're like, oh, it's not really working. This isn't for me. And it's, you just have to have that persistence to keep trying new things. And so maybe a bit cliche, but just be persistent and stick with it. Well, I appreciate that. And eventually you will find some sticky spaghetti. <laughs> but it parallels your advice. I, I just looked this up from the 2016 episode. The advice was to persist. So parallels nicely with keep going because that's the thing. And an entrepreneur in motion tends to stay in motion. So I encourage you to, to get started and most importantly, to stay started. Again, paulminers.com. Paul, thank you so much for joining me and we'll catch up with you soon. All right, my top three takeaways from this call with Paul. Lots of takeaways from this episode, but here are my top three. Number one is a software or tool plus consultant or expert. Stake your claim 
to something that people are already using and searching for help on rather than, yeah, well, I'm a, I'm a life coach or I kind of help people eat healthier. I'm not saying that those types of businesses aren't helpful and that's not something that people need, but I'm saying I think you're going to have a much easier time establishing credibility and landing clients by taking Paul's approach. I'm an Asana expert or I'm a pipe drive consultant. I think that's a really powerful strategy that has clearly worked well. And the cool thing is new software tools are coming out all the time. If you're an early adopter or even just an excited adopter, there's a chance to become a resource for that. Another important note is that Asana had been around for years before Paul jumped in and staked his claim to it. It wasn't like he was in on the ground floor here, but he was still able to carve out some space and establish himself. So that's a software or tool plus consultant or expert, you know, try and brand yourself and hitch a ride on one of these popular platforms. Takeaway number two is to get found. I really loved all the juicy marketing ideas Paul shared, everything from the uh, super specific Google AdWords ads to the clarity.fm directory, helping out on product forums, responding to questions on Twitter, his own YouTube content. It's not enough today to just set up a work with me page on your website and wait for customers to find you. I think you should absolutely have that, especially down the road, maybe have some traction. But he was proactive about getting in front of his target customers in a number of different ways, and it paid off. Your approach might vary based on your niche, but I think we can take inspiration from Paul's tactics, a very effective combination of both a push and pull marketing. Pull being, I can attract customers to me with my content and getting discovered in search, and push, important note, without being pushy, by proactively finding people publicly asking for help. That's takeaway number two. How are you going to get found? And takeaway number three is think about how content can turn into cash flow. This might be easier in the software space than in other verticals, but I've seen people do it with physical products through affiliate programs and also digital products, either of their own creation or through affiliate partnerships. And I think Paul's done a great job of this. He's set himself up as an expert in several areas, and that's led in a very organic way to affiliate or referral revenue for the various tools, plus the creation of his own digital products. Is there a way to bundle up your service or expertise into a book, into a course. This is what I did several years ago with the Small Business Website Checklist book. I was doing a bunch of video website audits on Fiverr and kept running into some common mistakes. Like here are some things that a lot of people are getting wrong with their websites. So I put together the website checklist book as an extra product option. And in certain cases, doing these website audits, I'd make an affiliate referral to a WordPress support service. Like, hey, you're running WordPress. We just identified several changes you might consider making to your site. Here's a top rated service that can help you get that done. Very natural recommendation. Is there a way to recommend other tools or software or products that are going to help your audience, your business? This is a really exciting incremental revenue stream, I think, for any service business, any type of consulting, freelancing type of business. Once again, paulminers.com and head on over to sidehustlenation.com slash paulminers to download the free PDF highlight reel from this episode with all of Paul's top virtual consulting tips, or you should be able to access that through the link in the episode description of your podcast player app as well. That's it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen. And I'll catch you in the next edition of the Side Hustle Show, where a millionaire business coach looks into my business and figures out the weaknesses and opportunities. A little inside baseball for you next week with someone else asking the questions for a change. I'll see you then. Hustle on.